Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the mean folks can't even grow. Good evening, Jackson 5. I don't think I've done it. No, I think because we would have talked about Jackson 5. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know. It seems familiar. Were you into the Osmonds or the Jackson 5? Jacksons. Really? Definitely the Jacksons. Watched the Osmonds, but Christy liked the Jackson 5 more because of the... Because of the... Um, yeah, the better, it was a little better, soulful. So, soul. They were better singers, yeah. It's soul. And you got the uh, Jackson 5 single on the back of the Cheerios. Yeah, that, that too. Uh, but I, we had the record. Christy had the records. Christy, yeah. I don't think Christy had, Christy had a couple of 45s for the Oz because those was before me. Yeah. And, you know, before my, you know, and and, and the Jacksons albums. Mm-hmm. So she obviously liked the Jacksons They were the, clearly, more. Michael Jackson was clearly the more talented well, performer. I didn't like his voice when he grew up. I, I thought he had a great singing voice, pop singing voice when he was a kid. How could his voice as a child be a better voice than his voice? I as just an adult? I thought he had a better, fuller singing voice. And no, I, no, I, just I totally agree with you. I I don't. It was better. How and, that's and I didn't. I never really particularly cared for Michael Jackson's voice. Everybody fell for the Thriller album. I mean, I'm not it was saying a that. Good album. It was a great album, but I'm just and saying I. Re- good, and that was and that voice wasn't that weird. No, it wasn't. I, we're going to go way down a rabbit hole with that one, but we're going to talk. Because you don't about, like Michael Jackson. I do like Michael. I liked Michael Jackson up to a point, and then he kind of overstayed as well. That's racist. No, it's not. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. All right. Oh, All that's right. funny. Oh, All that's right. funny. Yeah. Get out the drinking game. Every uh, time Jack says, Oh, that's funny, you're gonna be hammered. Ah, that's true. Yeah, we gotta we gotta we've gotta we I've got lots it. of options on what they could be, but there's too many. So it's gotta be it's gotta be narrowed down to a a, a, a nice little list and maybe even a bingo card. Okay. I don't know. Well, here's somebody we can talk shit about. Uh oh. Nancy Grace. Oh, God. <laughs> what is your opinion of her? Oh, I just I, don't. She's a very divisive figure. Well, she just. She's just, definitely a Southern Karen. She, you know, she's well, she righteous. is a Karen, but it, she just rubs me the wrong way completely. She always has. I've never liked her. She's a bit of a know-it-all. She's a bit, But not even that. It's, it's I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah she's and, a bit of a bully. Yeah, and I just. She's, yeah, she's looked so, up her net worth. Yeah, twenty five million. Twenty five million, and yeah. she can't afford humectress to make that hair look less straw like. Yeah, anyway, rare. um, uh, th- no, but when you suggested this one, my initial response: Oh no, no, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just do this one because it was it's a twisted. No, story. no, I know, but it when you it wasn't even the story. The story is great. <laughs> you said it was Nancy. Was like, Poor Nancy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I was revolting against Nancy Grace. All right, well, we're going to let her do her little intro. In 2012, a North Dakota state trooper stops to administer aid at a car crash, but the gory, fatal scene quickly reveals not all is as it seems. And police question, was it an accident or intentional? After days of exhausting interviews with the only survivor, cops realize they are dealing with a dangerous sociopath with a deadly past. Okay, so thanks, Nance. And it starts in Marietta, Georgia, and we meet Rachel Pickens, who went the first time I watched the episode, 
<laughs> the first time around for me, it's always like, what? I thought she was going to be the wife of the bad guy. For some reason, I came in with it all wrong, and I didn't realize that she's actually the wife of the victim. Probably because the majority of these that we do, it's a ma- it's it's spousal. Mm-hmm. It's not an individual killing another individual. Yeah, it's a man I, I killing a woman just, or a yeah, woman killing a man. Predisposed to thinking, As opposed to two guys. All right. Well, Rachel Pickens met Lee Clay in 2000, and... Right off the bat, she was smitten with him. He was a bodybuilder. He had a flawless complexion. And <laughs> That's I, what he said. I really don't she like said. the tattoo, the neck tattoo, Rachel, but you've been through a lot, so I'm going to allow it. <laughs> well, yeah. I was trying to read it. Could you read it? Uh, no, it started out with I something. I couldn't, uh, yeah. I couldn't read Touch it. Glass. I, I kept trying. No, it's, I kept trying. It's like I do it or I did it uh-huh. or something. I couldn't, I couldn't read her neck tattoo because it was on like the, it was like on her clavicle kind yeah, of Yeah, it was kind of, it was not was technically it a neck tattoo, but it was close. It was an angle. So of course that's what kept drawing my attention. So I couldn't hear, yeah, listen yeah. to what she was saying. Definitely. And they had a daughter, Carissa in 2002 and Carissa, I'm not liking the nasal septum piercing, but you are a good kid, so I yeah. will allow it. Oh, Michael Stipe, sh- on the other hand, I won't. Have you seen Michael Stipe lately? No. He looks awful. He's got a nasal septum piercing. Well, he wears a him. fez. and He's always been a weirdo. Uh, yeah, but he was phony. He was like a rural country hippie REM. But now he he's this New York hipster. But he was a hipster when he was in Georgia. Uh, I I, don't get me started. Well, oh, it's a real source. You spot. brought it up. I, I didn't. When I first saw Lee, I was just blown away. Um, he had he was a muscle man and he was built really good and very attractive. Um, his skin was perfect. <laughs> I was he caught my attention and he never lost it. In May 2012, Lee goes to North Dakota. In 2012, the American economy wasn't yeah, doing so well. What? Oof. Why would anybody go to for the money? Dakota? Everybody I, was that, that. I actually know one of my best gal friends from high schools in North Dakota because she's got a great job. Because the oil? There. What? The oil? No, she, it's irrelevant. But oh, she's okay. in North Carolina. Well, people were North Dakota. Were, and I'm like, what the fuck? The oil fields, the new technology and drilling in the oil fields in North Dakota, North Dakota's economy was booming with the rest of the country. Booming. Not so much. And so he was off to Bismarck, North Dakota. He was only going to be That's there for three an months. It's not a common thing, these people who have to go places to work and then they're. Yeah, it's kind of, it's not an uncommon thing. No, it's not. And there are oil derricks every, does this remind you of your experience with the oil derrick when you got you fired? You brought that up and I was like, yeah. it wasn't quite like that, but <laughs> I okay. I don't know, whenever I see an oil derrick, you're, I see you pict- getting yelled at. You're picturing me in an oil derrick field. Uh-huh. This was like a field that had a couple of oil uh, derricks. No, and you, and it's your a rabbit completely truck different concept. Navigating between the pistons as they come up and down no, and you're like no, frogger. There was a road. And you're going between them no, as they come no, down and you no, jump out of the way. no. You see the mentally what I'm getting? I get where you're going. I've got a <laughs> smile on my face. And uh, so then you got it stuck and your dad. Yeah. How did you get it out? I forget. I had to, w- you a, went to a, a nearby neighbor, house. A neighbor. And they pulled you out? They pulled me out. And your dad was never the wiser? He, no, no. He, he was he the wiser? Was, he was wiser. Did he, you get mad? He was very, very mad. Did you it get was, fired? I, I get, yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> I got fired often. <laughs> Bismarck has to be awful I can't 11 months of the year. But whenever they were oh. filming this, it was in July, I'm assuming. It looked not bad and there's a nice big river going through bismarck oh, yeah. I, it's, I, it just, that's that's ugh. those are the those are the states where if you're outdoorsy you want to go there's well, i'm indoorsy I'm, you. you're, you're way yeah i'm indoorsy you're no, a little I, yeah i'm i like to be outside but not yeah, in north no 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 sorry but, north you know, dakota all the outdoor sports and i hope we don't have any listeners in north fishing dakota and skiing and oh let's hunting. say hello to our um say hello to our our, our 
our British listeners and do it do it with your Cockney accent. Hello! <laughs> Sketch a jab. <laughs> Injustice with Nancy Grace takes a nod from Forensic Files and we get the no-nonsense local reporter Danelle Presky of KX News, Bismarck. There were a lot of temporary type of housing going on, people living in their vehicles, in parking lots, people living in campers. Rachel tells us he had a couple of friends out in North Dakota, but not really. Every Friday, he'd go to the Walmart and he would deposit his paycheck and make a wire transfer so Rachel could pay the rent, buy groceries, and then put money aside because they wanted to buy a house. He's a good guy. You can tell from the pictures. Oh, he was a good guy. Here we go again. The oil fields are actually quite a distance from Bismarck and there are guys I don't know why they brought this up other than maybe the guy John that was his job it was one of these guys who drives the guys out to the field the oil fields right. apparently they're they're an hour or two away yeah. from Bismarck and there are jobs where people are just shuttling 24 hours a day shuttling people out to the oil fields so Friday July 6 2012 uh, Rachel gets a phone call from Lee and Lee uh, is just telling her updating her or whatever and he says he's going to go to Target uh, with this guy John Bridges and Rachel's kind of busy and with I- Carissa and you she was know like, that just eats away her. at her. You know that you know that she is woken up at night. Woken, yeah, awoken? she was like, I, I, at I, night, I can't. Talk. I can't believe I. Yeah, I, I got. I'll that. call you back yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, this guy John Bridges is coming yeah. to get me. How yeah, horrible. Yeah. I talked to Lee that day. He was getting picked up at that moment by John Bridges, a person that he met in North Dakota. He was giving him the ride to Walmart. That wasn't, you know, paying too much attention. I was taking care of Carissa, and I told him I'd have to call him back. At 2.30 the same day, state troopers uh, just happened to come across a van heading, uh, they're on the interstate 94, yes. and on the other direction. I was curious why they didn't talk about, why they didn't have any uh, video footage, any of the, you know, the, the cameras that are mounted on the cars. That, that they, they, would... they, they, we have a lot of photos from the accident itself, but we don't have video footage from the troopers' dash cams, and they bring up the dash cam footage a lot. I don't know why it didn't make it into the documentary. Well, maybe, uh, well, it, in my research, I couldn't find anything yeah. on any of that. Okay, well, of course, they're just driving around. I can't imagine imagine north dakota is that crimey it just doesn't strike me as a real well, these were, weren't these troopers weren't these, these are uh, state troopers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they're out just cruising on the highways like you do yeah. which go on forever in north really? dakota I'm like, well, I'm just i can't gonna, even imagine i can't either i can't I mean, it would take and, and like my friend jessica they have driven cross country i think four times ugh. to and from washington state oh no and i'm just like I, ugh, uh, uh, not ugh. on your and they it, did it with pets i mean i know fargo made it look really dangerous well, but it looks but, awful but, but, you know but just just isn't it in the movie fargo like the first 20 minutes it's just a highway with mm-hmm. the headlights driving along yeah oh. yeah And I feel like it's like that in April. (laughs) So the cops see this van. It's veering back and forth across the road. It finally goes and hits those barrels full of sand, and it crumples the front. I've got to admit something that's really funny to me. It might not be funny to you, but it's funny to me. When it said that the barrels were filled with sand, I said to myself, Uh I thought they had water in them. And then I was like, well... And, and of course, all this is going on in a conversation uh-huh. in my head while I'm watching this. Yeah. Hey, dumbass, if they fill it with water, they're going to freeze solid in the winter. Explode, yeah. <laughs> but I thought those barrels had water no, in sand. them. Sand. Sand. In like the southern states yes, and stuff. Because you, you don't have to keep it watertight if you have sand in there. They don't I have to guess. be. Yes, I always thought that they were wa- they had water you in You know them. what I always wanted to see? You know those... um. 
on on steep Are you going to say the ramps? The ramps where the I want to see something me, me do too. that too. Like I want to see a truck driver going out of control. I've and seen a car it. stuck in one once. No, I, I, I no, no, kinda, no, no. I've seen the car. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to see that. The troopers run over. Uh, the driver has gotten out. He's not injured too badly. He indicates there's a guy in the back. The troopers run over and get their medical kits. They come over. They open the back of the van, and there's a guy laying there. Okay, they go to get his pulse, and he doesn't have one. You are glossing over this. I mean, it I is was a get black. It is a black, no windowed panel. It's a rape van. van. It is a. It, I, that's the. I was like, it's a predator van. It's yeah. a rape van. Yeah. And there is a mattress on the floor in yeah. the back. And when they open, they take a picture in the side and through the back. And it. I mean, obviously, it's just been through an accident. So mm-hmm. stuff strewn about. Yeah. But this was not. This was like nightmarish. Like the entire. Oh, it was <laughs> terrible. It was. Terrible. I can't believe this other dude got in that van in the first place and didn't think anything weird about I, it. When I, he I got it was the first time you got to ride with John. I know, but I'm saying, you but, know, like when he got in, like, uh, you know. But amidst all this, you know, the the, the trash and, and the tools and things is a body. A body. And On it's, a mattress. It's, it's, it's uh, Lee Clay, and he has not just been in a moderate speed accident he is destroyed he's it looks like he's been um restrained with some sort of ligature around his his neck's hacked open he's got stab wounds and lee clay had some marks around his wrists almost like he had been tied up there was a lot of blood he had wounds on his neck and on his body the injuries that this man had didn't really match up with the injuries that someone would sustain in an automobile accident. So they immediately call the North Dakota Bureau of Investigation and the state's attorney, which they almost never do. Um, Yeah, that was really confusing. Explain this, Nancy. Normally, a prosecutor does not go to the scene of a car crash unless law enforcement thinks a criminal act was involved and wants to seek advice of the office that will later prosecute the case. Okay, that makes a little sense if they wait, think it's a on, crime wait, wait, scene. Wait, wait. Before we go, before we go forward, what is it with the way she says things? Oh, it, it, yeah, it, I can't even imitate it. It doesn't bother she, me as much as she, it does you. It's a real. She uses she accents the wrong words or she something. Puts the like, emphasis on the wrong emphasis. syllable. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what she does. Oh my god, that was perfect. That was perfect. Oh my god, say that again. She puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my God! Thank you. It's funny because it really bothers you. It really bothers me. I don't understand why she. And every time she and and she has difficulty saying simple words that is. Yeah, you were saying with Kaylee Kaylee Anthony. Kaylee. Yeah, she she couldn't couldn't say it. It really was really weird. She bugs a lot of people. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with her. You think with Uh, all that money, she could have some speech therapy. (laughs) So they're still processing the crash, and they send an agent over to the hospital to interview Bridges, and he tells the investigators that the van hit a curb so hard it fucked the steering up. On a highway. That's when the steering wheel just started to shake. The van was jumping around. The only thing that kept me in my seat was my seatbelt. And then I seen that pillar or that overpass. And I tried to turn the steering wheel as much as I can to avoid it, but it hit the uh, barricade. Did you hit the brakes all in the beginning? No. So your, your initial reaction was not to hit the brakes? I was trying to just to grab the wheel. It seemed like the wheel was just shaking, the steering wheel. Okay. 
He was so calm and telling what had happened that the investigator was like, you were just in an accident that you caused from your driving. A man is dead and you're just... He wasn't showing emotions like, oh my God, I, I was just involved in an accident and it caused this guy to die. So that immediately people were like, you're not, it was you're not. weird. And it was weird too, the way he was describing it. He kept talking about the steering mm -hmm. and I was like, wait, what, what? And of course I kept going, there's no curbs on the highway. Yeah. No it was a very, it was a very shooting from the hip kind of story. And Lloyd Sir was the prosecutor from the state's attorney's office. And he describes what he comes upon when he gets to the accident scene. There were stab wounds to the chest. You could see that there was significant trauma to his neck area consistent with some kind of slicing or hacking. It was pretty graphic. So at the crash, it's kind of... <laughs> It's a little ridiculous. Rape van. They, find, so they First of all, it's a rape van. They find a bloody axe. They find zip ties. They find duct tape. It's it's like nice, by the numbers really? abduction kit. They find the sheath. They find the knife. They find the sheath of the knife is over under their car, the, the straight trooper's car. Uh, but then they, they had that on video. That's that, that comes was, later that day. That, they process the, the stuff. Makes no. I did. It's yeah. just weird. And I'm not. I'm not kidding. When when you if you see a picture of the inside of this van, there's a commercial out now. There was a commercial out where it says, uh, you know, where the bad decisions and the and the and it's a group of kids. Let's go towards the running car. Like, yeah. no, let's go towards the Geico the commercial. And then they run into the gar into garage the barn, where the saws are. And the, that's what the inside <laughs> of this van looked yeah. like. It looked like that with like like things hanging and like sharp points and yeah. stuff. Why would yeah this van this van it's was, gross. Mm. And uh, investigator Tim Myers is over at the hospital. They shoot some photos over to him, showing him what the interior of the van looks like. What the victim looks like and they're already thinking that they've got kidnap murder scenario going on but they don't have enough to charge bridges with anything yet so they keep they him to prove it yet not yet yeah. so they keep him on a reckless driving charge rachel gets the news from lee's parents oh. because they weren't married and she's devastated and what carissa did is amazing for a 10 year old girl she takes care of her mother that's a little bit odd being a 10 year old i understood what she said but it was definitely something I didn't want to process it really. First, what I did was I started tending to my mom. I made sure she had everything she needed and I put her to bed. <laughs> and then I called some of her friends to help her. What an amazing thing for a 10-year-old. She puts her mom to bed. Her mom mm -hmm. remarks, she's not as emotional as I am. She's like her dad, which I think is sweet. But for a 10-year-old to have that kind of presence of mind, and then she put her mom to bed, and then she called her mom's friends, friends and yeah. said, this is what's happened. And yeah. I, you know, I, I'll i let that nose thing go, Carissa. You're an amazing little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the facial piercings out of this, Gavin. Really? Her father's dead. That's It's a father thing. That's yeah. exactly where it came from. So they take Bridges over to the jail, and they interview him again, and he's starting to get nervous. And he's asking if this is a criminal investigation. He's got to believe that it's looking kind of fishy. And they want to keep him talking, so they're like, no, 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 no. It's just a reckless driving charge. We find out that Lee and John met on the job, and they hung out a little bit, and they get beers every once in a while. And they talk about bodybuilding, apparently. He repeats the bit about the van hitting the curb, and then he elaborates on seeing Lee in the back after they crashed. When I went back there and seen I mean, it just looked like uh, I could see inside of his neck. I mean, it was that big of a gash. 
I have a lot of stuff back here in the back of the bounty. I've lived back here. I, I don't know what happened exactly. So he's trying to blame some of the injuries and things. I think on all of that shit being back there, that that's what destroyed him. You know, like his tools stabbed him and hacked his neck open. That's flying projectiles in the back of the van. That's what got him. So but yet the, he was laying on his back. Mm, on- yeah, and that's, they don't pull any punches. We see some really graphic photos. Uh, yeah, that one that one stab wound to his hand is pretty. Yeah. But uh, his uh. his calm demeanor as he's saying all of this has Investigator Meyer very suspicious, and the state's attorney guy. It's like he's been around this kind of trauma before because he is completely unfazed by it. Most people would be showing some emotion. We see him in the interview room and he is wearing that striped, like old timey blue. Prison, like actually, it's out of Monopoly. It, yeah, but it actually if you really looked at it, it was baby blue yeah. and, and black. black. And I thought it was like, oh, this black and white. Oh, In no, my that's... head, that was what I imagined you in the dock when you were under on the murder trial for La Crusette murder. Oh! Killing Laylor to get his lock. I'm like, not gonna kill Laylor for it. <laughs> and, and you're in the dock, and you're in that kind of an outfit, and you've got a big, a big McDonald's cup with you. And as the accusations are being yeah. read, you're just annoyed. You're really picturing it very clearly. I can <laughs> yeah. actually see it. Yeah, you're just kind of rolling you your eyes. You're like, up. you know, everybody yeah. just needs to take a step back. Do we need to remind you, Mr. Evans? You're on trial for murder. You're like, oh, murder, murder. <laughs> whoever did this, and it wasn't me, Your Honor. But you have to understand, it's like Look at these seven. hands. Do these hands look like they've Those ever done anything? That's funny. Oh, yeah. You in the dock just enrolling your funny. eyes. Like, oh, can we go? <laughs> I'm so through with this. Is this really necessary? <laughs> they um, they ask uh, Bridges if he has a criminal history. Yeah, I've already served my time. That was, that was juvenile, actually. Okay, you were juvenile. If I wanted to go find that record, where could I go to do that? Um, What state was it in? I... I just don't want to give the information. I, what do you have on me, honestly? At this point, and I like the fact that Bridges is like, I really don't want to give you that information. They've, Which I don't understand. I know juvenile Should, records are, a lot of times they're sealed. But, but... W- my understanding, which is, of course is nil or of the situation, is if they're going to run him through the computer, the, the criminal computers, mm-hmm. that would still have a flag, wouldn't it? I don't know. That's what they said. And that's I my don't understanding. Know. Yeah, I have no idea. That if, if, it's, if it's a juvenile record and sealed, it, it, it's in a protected status. But he's 40 something. You mean to tell me between. Uh, when he got out, his record was considered juvenile. And I'm saying juvenile records have a lot of protective things to them. I understand that. I'm saying by the time he he got out of jail and the he time this hadn't happened, been, hadn't been arrested. Nothing happened. Nothing. No, he, he was that, that smooth. He was yeah, twenty years. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and they find out that he's actually from Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois, Illinois, Southern Illinois is for the most part the South. Cairo, Oof. Illinois, all the way down by Missouri. Southern Illinois is the South. It's not the Midwest. It's not Illinois like you think of it. Southern Illinois is rural, and it is the South. It's it's like Tennessee. It's like Missouri. It's down there. So so they get his uh, criminal records, and he was a known bully in his town in southern Illinois, and he targeted black kids a lot, and mm-hmm. in particular, the Taylor family. So we meet Kip Taylor, who has a very serene presence, I think. I really liked him, but um, he introduces us to what happened. Growing up in the household with my brothers, Brad and Danny, it was fun. Danny, my older brother, was a little shy, humble and he was just quiet didn't bother no one danny would protect me from the older kids in school but he would do that for anyone 
that was in harm's way. On April the 16th, 1986, I walked in the house. I seen mama crying. What's going on? Who's dead? That day, Brad Taylor, Danny, and Danny's girlfriend were in John Bridges' part of town to pick up trash at a neighboring home when John goes into a racist rant. They confronted Bridges. Brad slapped him. And that's when Bridges reached behind his back and pulled out the gun and shot. So his brother Danny was a good guy, played basketball. We see the weird photo of Danny as a basketball player, and it's distorted. I there's thought it was a physical. No, I thought it was his arm. No, no, no. Zoom on. Yes, the picture's messed up, so his left arm looks all. It looks like someone tried to Photoshop it. Yeah, and 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 you know, or he's got some weird deformity, and it's just the photo no, is distorted. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he said that he would protect him from the other kids, but he said he would do that for anybody. That's the kind of guy yeah, Danny was. Nice was. Guy. Again, one, another nice guy. Yeah, Danny and his brother Bart. These are both older than. Kip. One day we're in the part of town where Bridges lived. Bart's girlfriend is with them and they are picking up some trash. Bridges comes out and starts talking some racist shit. Bart smacks him in the face. Bridges then whips out a gun, tries to shoot Bart and misses. When when Kevin did that, of course I keep forgetting no one can see me. I did my hands up in the air and looked off into the distance like what the fuck? What, but, the, uh, what the fuck is right? <laughs> that's what so Bart and his girlfriend take off and Bridges then shoots Danny in the knee. Danny falls down. All the while neighbors are watching this going on. He goes back in the house, reloads, uh, comes back out, says I always wanted to know what it was like to kill someone and shoots Danny and kills him and the neighbors are are all i don't know how he thought he was going to get away with this i don't think i don't think people who think like this worry about that Mm -hmm. well he was charged as an adult he was 16 at the time and he's claiming self-defense but the witnesses say otherwise his defense was and the law saw it this way he was assaulted first because bart smacked him in the face In 1986, in Illinois, hate crime laws were not yet in effect. In the eyes of the law, Brad Taylor was the instigator because he struck John Bridges first, not Bridges, who yelled racial slurs and threatened the group. So his defense is he was assaulted, but everybody knows this is garbage, and Nancy, tell us why. Bridges' attorneys argued their client felt threatened and acted in self-defense. Even if that was the case, why would Bridges go into the house and reload the gun, then come back outside? Bridges was outnumbered. If he really feared for his life, why not stay inside and call the police and get help? This is not self-defense. Exactly. But she can't. But it's really easy to say. Well, there. If there were anti-hate, anti. Yeah. If it, if hate, this is clearly and, well, a hate yeah, crime. Yes, but you can go through history and yeah. go. Well, this law. If this law had been in place, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, this her, law her, been yeah she gets on her soapbox about the yeah, hate crime singing. I'm glad yeah. that that's a thing now, but you can't retroactively exactly. go back. You know. But she. He shouldn't even if. Even, I just can't believe he shot some. He shot him. Went and back, cold, reloaded his gun, came out, and then killed and, him. And he gets away with self-defense. And the judge and the jury bought it. And I there is I have to believe there's a bit of a racist element to this, but um he gets out on his twenty-first birthday. Oh, the judge says, I don't think you're gonna have a good future, young man. I hope you prove me wrong. But six months, as soon as he's in jail, he's not in jail for six months, he assaults a corrections officer. He punches him in the head so hard it breaks his cheekbone, causes permanent nerve and hearing loss. He gets no extra time and he's sprung on his twenty-first birthday. 
It's Oof. unbelievable. Oof. So Taylor, Kip Taylor, a cop in the town comes over and tells Kip, he said, by the way, Bridges is back out, so y'all might want to watch your back. An older policeman stopped me by the high school and was uh, like, uh, John Bridges is being released, warning us to watch out, let your mom know. My family felt threatened that John Bridges was out. He killed once before he'd kill again. I don't blame him. He got away with murder. He killed Danny yeah. in cold blood. Yes. So it's rumored You don't have to that, sell it to me. No, I'm with you. No, I don't. I, I, but I, it's just, it's galling. This is one of those ones where I'm just, I keep shaking my head like, yeah. how? How does this, how? Yeah. How does this not get, how? This how? Bridges guy is a bad dude. It's rumored that even his dad doesn't like him. But at this point, Bridges just skips town. And we don't hear where he goes or what he does until we get to North Dakota. And I don't know if that's because Nancy Grace's crew didn't know. Nobody knows where he was. In my research, I could find nothing. Nothing. There's, because... Uh, that's the first thing I said to you. It's like, there's no criminal records at all. So during that time, he never got a ticket. He never, nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. It, it's, it's weirdly quiet. I and But and if it's he was unsettling. living a transient life, if he was living out of the rape van and he was yeah. traveling around looking for manual labor jobs, yeah. no one's They're hard pay. to trace. Transient yeah. people are hard to trace. They go investigate him again, interrogate him again after reading the file. So Myers knows that he's capable of assaulting correctional people, that he's got a hell of a right hook. And this is when it gets crazy because Myers tells them about dash cam footage the troopers have shared with them, showing Bridges getting out of the van right when the troopers got there. And it looks like he's trying to hide evidence. He takes the hatchet and puts it in the sand. He takes the sheath for the knife and tries to slide it under the front wheel of one of the troopers' cars. Why? Because he's... I, trying to at last minute hide evidence the, of the assault especially the knife sheath yeah why? it didn't make any sense he maybe was a little dazed well, he's crazy too yeah crazy. so when confronted with that this is what happens we saw you come back outside you grab the stuff and try and put it in the, the sandbox there or whatever yeah. so what you told me about the shimmying was actually not true yeah i lied okay i don't want to make uh a big stink of this thing i just want to get it done with i deserve natural life for what i've done that's the main thing I, I want is uh, I don't. He just confesses. He just, I, that was a lie. I, I did it. <laughs> Which would lead me to think that maybe, even though he was crazy, like mm -hmm. obviously. Oh, he's know, crazy. He's a crazy person. Maybe he was, okay, on all these shows we've watched and uh -huh. all the stuff and all the independent, you know, the independent study I've done. Right. <laughs> a lot of these people that are. Uh, I don't Unbalanced. know turns whatever psychopath sociopath being in a prison situation yeah. is not a bad thing for them oh it's not that's what they're there so for so I think maybe he was like oh I'm not afraid of going into the jail because at uh, yeah. three hots and a cot right kinda yeah probably because he when he was talking to the detective in the videos he's Very nonchalant he is calm as like yeah it's, covered in I tattoos. get more I get more animated telling a silly story yeah. and he's talking about murder it's very matter shit. of fact so he confesses. He says, yeah, that was all a lie. We believe, we speculate, he wants to, he says, I, I just want natural life. And Nancy Grace explains to us in a minute what that means. But we think that he's trying to avoid the death penalty. He's like, I, I'll admit to it. I just want natural life. I'll take a plea deal. He doesn't realize North Dakota doesn't have a death I'm penalty. I'm a little surprised North Dakota doesn't have Yeah, a lot of I'm, states don't. But well, no, they, but that's one of those states. It's like, you know, the rough big, and tumble. The big, the big. Yeah, like Texas. Oh, uh, don't, you lump it in with, don't you lump it in with Texas? <laughs> um, no, no, no. But I'm saying those big country conservative, states. Conservative, yeah. 
they have large pa- parcels of land. They got to do something to keep people under control. Yeah, I don't think de- the death penalty is is. Uh, yeah, well, he didn't. They didn't. The cops didn't have to tell him that either. He wasn't. If he was under that supposition that yeah. they had, it, they didn't have to do it. Natural life is when a defendant is sentenced to prison for the rest of their living days with no possibility of parole, no credit for time served, nothing. They die in prison. The problem is they don't have motive. They're like, why did he kill Lee? He didn't take his money. He wasn't sleeping with his girlfriend. Lee tells this crazy story. He has a dream one night. They had been talking about using steroids. And in this dream... I was a wizard. Yeah. (laughs) I had a farm in Africa. So he is injecting, in this dream, he is injecting Lee with a concoction of fuel oil and gasoline or something. It's just some crazy, weird dream. like. And in the dream, Lee is filming him with his phone, and Bridges catches him filming it, and he thinks, he's got this weird, incriminating footage on his phone. I could probably go to jail for that. He wakes up. The dream was so vivid, I think he thinks he's not sure he dreamt it. (sighs) He, uh, we see some footage of him in the Walmart um, buying supplies. He's getting like soda and cereal and zip ties and then lemon, lemons and then, and then, the, you know, the, uh, what's I'm the other stuff? I'm making a face. I'm making, I, I literally, like I look at it, Kevin, rolling my eyes up into the sky like, what? You gotta be kidding me. He did it so casually. And they said he's buying snacks and things to murder someone with. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he, he looks super relaxed in the Walmart videos. In camo, of course. <laughs> Now he describes what actually happened. And I told him about the dream I had. Why was you holding that camera in your hand? We was talking. He denied it. He was like, I didn't I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, uh, I'm going to check your phone. I'm going to find out. Okay. And I didn't find anything. I'm like, well, you know, I want to let you go. I don't think you did what I thought you did, and it was a mistake, but at this point, I don't think I can let you go. So the van is overheated and pulled over. Bridges has gotten out, popped the hood. He, he says to Lee, he, said, he says, Lee, will you go and grab the toolkit? Lee goes in the back of the van, and that's when Bridges confronts him with the knife. Tells him about the footage. Lee hands him his phone and says, I don't know what you're talking about. Bridges goes through his phone. He's like, I guess you're clean. And this is that point where it's like, okay, so Lee is... Maybe he's not in the best of shape, but he's no, Lee's a, no, no, Lee, Lee's a bodybuilder. He is might not be, you know, but he is not a small, easily, uh, you know, this is a big dude. This is a, a hardworking, hard. Oh, he's every bit guy. as big as, as so, Bridges. So I cannot imagine if if John only has a knife. This is where it got problematic because he says, "I, I was, I want to let you go. You didn't do what I thought you did, but I can't let you go. Why not?" So anyway, right? He holds a knife. He's got a knife, and, and then the, he puts zip ties and on the him. The way they described it, I'm like, "You're telling me that that, the, that Lee would not just grab the knife or start right, fighting right then Lee and there?" Why would Lee start fighting? Because if I was in that situation, yeah, and someone's trying to put zip ties on me, well, mm. un- uninvited. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's that, a different subject, kids. Anyway, if someone's that putting one photo put, of we saw of Lee earlier with with Rachel, the guy's buff. He's huge. Yes, but the picture of him lying on the he looks strong to me. He still, he, you know, he's probably you know like uh, uh, what is it they say? Athlete gone to pot. You know, he had a little bit of a belly on him and stuff. So, but my point is, this is not an easily bowled over guy. I don't understand How why with he didn't that- try to fight himself out of it. If I was in that situation, I would have fought, knowing if you zip tie me i'm dead yeah 
So I can't believe I don't, he didn't uh, yeah. fight the situation. I don't understand And that is not explained better. Right. And in my research, I could not find anything else about the subject matter. There should be more out there. I don't uh, know you why. You would think. Yeah. Uh, you would think. So yeah, he just is slamming his, his neck and he has the axe and he hacks and hacks and he finally snaps his spine. Oof. The next thing I knew, I looked over and I seen the axe handle. I'm like, oh, shit. This motherfucker's got the axe. I mean, I jumped up and tried to, like, shoot across to the passenger side in front of the passenger seat. He would have took me out with that one swing. At that point, there was nobody holding the wheel. I knew I was probably going to get chopped. As soon as he come like this, I jumped in, grabbed the the back of the uh, the handle near the top of the axe Mm -hmm. and just pushed it towards his, his, uh, his head. And then I took the power head knife in my hand and I drove it in somewhere near his clavicle bone. And it just went straight down. He was trying to pull the axe or whatever. I stabbed him like at least two or three times more. You know, I was, I was in a zone at that point. But I immediately pulled the axe out of his hand and I just started chopping the back of his neck. You know, to break his spine, make sure he was dead. That was as soon as we crashed. As soon as the man went like this, like that, I crashed, I grabbed it out of his hand, like that, and broke it, broke his neck with the axe. He's so calm, it's just disturbing to everybody. Now they fear there may be more victims, so they go in and ask him, hey, John, any uh, chance you killed anybody uh, else? I went back in, I asked John if he had killed anyone else, and his response was very short and unemotional. He said, yes, he had. So, yeah, he's killed two people in Oregon, two people in Wyoming, somebody in maybe in Utah, maybe Montana. So he's predatory. And he's a a serial killer. And he wants to kill people. Yeah. So he is a serial killer. And they said, well, why don't you help with us to bring some closure to the victim's families? And he says, it doesn't matter. They were all homeless, which is just, there are a lot of people who are homeless because they've made some bad choices. There are a lot of people who are homeless because they've been on the receiving end of some extremely shitty luck. However they ended up there, being homeless does not make you worthless. You well, know, no. and I think a lot of people, and and they're targeted. Homeless people are targeted by people like Bridges because they know they're probably going to get away with it. Well, chances are he was also singling out the ones that he thought he could very easily dispatch, or yeah, or he's you know this is obviously his thing is to befriend somebody so that their guard is down, and then it's easier for them mm-hmm. to. If I'm telling you, if this muscle dude Lee got taken. You know, I mean, Bridges is a big guy too. I mean, yes, he's, yes, yeah, yes, he, he really is. is. But wouldn't you? Someone's holding a knife to you, not a gun, a knife. Now, I know I'm not saying that one is. In my mind, a gun could kill you from a distance. Mm-hmm. So I can stand a couple of yards back and shoot you. Yeah. But a knife has to touch you yeah. for it to do damage to you. If someone's got me by a knife, they better have it up to my throat. Yeah. Or it's not going to work. No, I again, I don't understand how Because I would risk... How he Lee let him put those uh, restraints right, on him. I, yeah, Other than if, if, if uh, Bridges said, all right, well, I'm going to restrain you and I'm going to go and I'm going to release you. And, and you know maybe he, he lied to him and right, said he wasn't right, going right, to do right, anything. Right, right. Either way, they uh, they order... Uh, he doesn't want lawyers. He just wants uh, life without parole. He gets it. They do a psych evaluation and the psychologist at the North Dakota State Penitentiary says he is the most psychotic... And 
and dangerous individual he has ever seen in his entire career. Mm. Uh, off the charts evil. Mm. So we get... Um, Kip Taylor has one last moment. Uh, he's reminiscing... Well, he's talking about his brother, Danny. Danny, he come to my mind a lot. I would think about how would he be today if he was still alive. How would it be seeing my kids and being an uncle or just being a father itself. They now credit Lee with fighting John and crashing that car. They credit him with getting he, Bridges caught. Because it wasn't, if it wasn't explained better earlier, he was restrained in the back of the van. He was able to get out of the restraints and attack Bridges, Bridges mm-hmm. while Bridges was driving, mm-hmm. which is why the accident happened. Right, because at that point, Bridges jumps across into the passenger seat to avoid the axe. No one's <laughs> actually axe. driving the van at that moment. The axe. Yeah. And it's, uh. I believe that had Lee Clay not fought for his own life, John Bridges probably would still be out there doing the same things that he was doing. Hunting for a homeless person or getting in a fight and then ending up killing another person. Rachel is still heartbroken and Carissa still misses him terribly, even though she didn't know him. She was only 10 when he was killed. We find ways to celebrate him. And sometimes we even just go to Atlanta and we reminisce about all the places we went to. I miss my dad every day. But I think that's sweet. They go into Atlanta and and, uh, and I like that she said, you can kill the man, but you can't kill his spirit. I thought that was a really was, strong, yes. powerful thing for her to say, you know? And then Nancy Grace closes oh. it out and she's ready. <laughs> One more little dose of Nancy for you, Jack. So much suffering could have been prevented if hate crime laws were in effect in 1986 and justice had prevailed in Danny Taylor's trial. Even though he was a minor, sentencing John Bridges to only five years is hardly an adequate punishment for killing someone in cold blood. This failure from the juvenile system caused a ripple effect that could not be undone. So that is the story of John oof, Bridges. Oof. In in my research, the only thing that I could find was a YouTube video of him in court. Now, from what it seemed, this was the judge issuing the life without possibility of parole to him. The thing that confused me was the pictures and the videos of him during the time of this incident. He had some hair on his head and he had a short beard. Mm-hmm. And then the picture where he's in court and the woman judge is speaking to him and the same guy the same investigator dude Meyer? was there yeah mm-hmm. you know i'm so bad with names his head is shaved and he has a tattoo on the side of his cranium so he yeah he made so that, he, that tattoo and then earlier. he had the really the really nice beard uh-huh. <laughs> i mean he had a, a beautiful beard he's not a bad I'm looking jealous dude of, i was jealous of his beard but she said to him at this time she says to him you are admitting that you are not safe to be to the to general population mm-hmm. you're not you should and be that you are basically a hunter and that you're looking for more and and his response was yeah I, i'm a hunter god that's chilling it's chilling and he's completely like yeah yeah i like killing yeah, people yeah 
Oh my god! That was the only other thing oh my god. I could find on him. I'm glad and they caught him. All the other research stuff was from the uh, the attack on uh, Lee? the Taylor boy. Yeah. Oh, and, and Taylor, the Taylor kid. Yeah. And um, there was no other. There was nothing. Uh, nothing. Well, that's I mean, why, nothing. Well, he didn't worry. You know, the, they tried to reach out to FBI and say we've got a guy who's killed people in these states. It's like if he doesn't cooperate with us, it's a dead end. Right. So that's it. He's a nice looking gentleman, and I wonder if that's, that's what helped him spooky. get away with it. Yeah, because he's 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 handsome and. You got he, a crush on him there, Kevin? No. Listen to you. You said no, I've been no, looking no, no. at you like not, three or four times. Not, I, no, I admit. You know how you remember a while ago there was He's that, not my type. You, oh, calm <laughs> down. There was a while ago that they were saying the the model prison and it was a, a light skinned black dude with blue eyes, and then he was it was his mugshot, uh-huh. and then he got hired by like Ralph oh, Lauren yeah, or yeah, something. The, the hot convict. The, or hot whatever. convict, that was it. Yeah. This that was an guy, English thing. This guy in his pictures, he's got a little smolder. So I could see where it would be oh, disarming. He's got, he's got girl friends writing to him yeah he, he probably does he probably very disarming I, I could see where he would be disarming to somebody i think who, yeah. better looking you are you can get away with of more course, shit i know think of all the things i've gotten away with in my life. <laughs> i've never ran your file you know what <laughs> i'm gonna get you in that doc yet <laughs> i do want to see you see you in those that would be so oh, funny and in a jail cell. i don't ever want to go to court <laughs> no. all right well john bridge you wonder how many john bridges are out there right no, now but i've Look for black rape vans. Come on oh, now. God. All right. Well, Whenever I see one of those, I'm like, ooh, rape van. Yeah. Mm. I think you're thinking about you get a bonk on the back of the head. Might be more. I think that his voice is a little more valuable than I think it is. I'm telling you, it pays to be paranoid. Yeah, it does. Okay, everybody. Well, um, to all our friends overseas, thanks for listening. Thank everybody you. Else. And um, tell your friends, and uh, we're going to have a good night. Or a we got more stuff. Yeah! 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 Ye